Your Bibles, please, for our second reading to Exodus chapter 30. I pray that you are enjoying hearing the gospel out of these nice chapters in Exodus. We pray that the Lord would continue to illumine our eyes. Exodus chapter 30, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon, of shittim wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, the, the top thereof and the sides thereof round about, and the horns thereof, and thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. And two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it, by the two corners thereof, upon the two sides of it shalt thou make it. <clears throat> And they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement Upon the horns of it once in a year (coughs) with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shalt they give to every man Then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty geras. Half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Everyone that passeth Among them that are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. 
and thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go in to the the tabernacle of the Lord, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet that they die not. And it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even two hundred fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia, five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hin. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, with all his vessels, and the labor and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh it shall not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it. After the composition of it, it is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, stacti, and onkia, and galbanum, These sweet spices with pure frankincense of each there shall be a like weight. And thou shalt make a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you as most holy. As for the perfume which thou shalt make, Ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be holy unto thee. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. So in the first section, verses 1 through 10. We have the incense altar. It is not like the great big brazen altar that was five cubits broad by five cubits broad or about eight feet by eight feet. This one is about a foot and a half or 20 inches maybe by 20 inches. 
And it's twice that high, about 40 inches tall. And it sits there in the first chamber. And Aaron is commanded every day when he would go in and make sure the lamps are burning, that he offers incense upon that altar. Now let's make sure that we understand. We'll understand it from other passages. But the fire that he uses for that incense must come off of God's altar outside the tabernacle. He has to get fire from there, bring that inside, and offer that incense in that holy place there on that altar of incense. And so notice what this does, beloved. These two altars make certain that all of the gifts of God's people are brought to the tabernacle and offered by the priest. And there are, we could, we could suppose, many, many reasons for that, right? This would be to shepherd or superintend the worship of God, to make sure that it takes place according to the commandment. To prevent idolatry, either first commandment or second commandment, idolatry. To raise up in the eyes of the people the necessity of the office of the priesthood. And that these men are ministering, as we we will learn in Hebrews chapters 9 and 10, at that altar and at that tabernacle, which is a type of the true tabernacle that is in heaven itself. And that they are not to erect anything similar to it. So they bring all of that stuff, all of their offerings, whether those are offerings of incense, whether they would be offerings of animals, no matter what they are, right? They might bring component parts to the priest. They might offer up some of that calvinum, right? And some of those other spices and so on that were to be used in that. But only the priest and under those proportions were to make that particular ointment, that particular incense, that particular anointing oil and so on. So this altar of incense then is a part of the uniqueness of the offerings of the people of God that they will be brought to the tent of meeting. And incense in scripture always represents prayers. And so in that Aaron will offer this incense day by day upon that altar. He is to uh, set himself forth as a type of Christ in that action that it is Christ that perfumes and incenses our prayers and offers them to his father. He is our intercessor. He is our intercessor in prayer. As well as he is our intercessor in sacrifice. It is Christ's oblation. His offering. And his intercession. His prayer that we need. So we have in the altar of incense. And in the altar outside of the tent. We have the oblation. And the um, intercession. Both. Both were signified. Remember how Christ speaks about that in John uh, chapter 17. He will say, I pray not for the world. Right? His oblation and his intercession are married together in the unity of his priesthood. So if he doesn't pray for the whole world, he certainly doesn't offer for the whole world. Okay? All right. So now we move on beyond the altar of incense. And now we see the maintenance offering or the temple tax. Now this is an interesting thing. We need to do a, you know, a couple of steps of implication to understand what this is about. Uh, there are several things said that should be very comforting to the people of God. The first is that everybody offers the same amount. It's a half a shekel. How much is a shekel? I'll tell you in a few minutes. 
at, at the end of our study today, I've taken some of those units and just kind of helped us understand them. Okay, but, but they take half a shekel. Remember when Jesus is talking to Peter and uh, they ask Peter, uh, uh, the Pharisees ask Peter, does your master pay the tribute? That's what's being spoken of in that context. This is not a Roman tax that Jesus and Peter are speaking about. This is that temple tax, the didrachma, as it was called in the Greek language. Okay, and this didrachma, the, the double drachma, was given for the maintenance of the, uh, of the temple of that day. Does your master pay that? And that's when Jesus asked Peter, right? You, you'll remember, uh, the children are free, right? The children are free. We don't owe anything on that. But in order that they be not offended, go cast a hook, not a net, but a hook, and you'll catch a fish, and you'll find in that a whole drachma, half for you and half for me, right? And so that's what's being spoken of there. What was this about? Well, Moses tells us very clearly, it is a part of their atonement work. They are to recognize that this tabernacle that has been set up with its offerings is a part in that day of those types and shadows which will foresignify Christ to come who will make the true atonement and that this half shekel goes toward the maintenance of that system so that that atonement work which is being displayed before them will go forward in the Old Testament and it won't wear out. That they'll have stock in store. They'll have enough cash on hand, if you will, the priests will, in order to repair any of the breaches in the, in the uh, tabernacle system and then later on in the temple system so that that work can go on and witness to Christ who will come. So in that sense, the people are reminded then that they need an atonement. They need a covering for their sins. And part of this, this half shekel that they give or this, shekel, this half shekel that they give is a part of that atonement work that is being done on their behalf in the tabernacle setting. So that's what it's about. <clears throat> All right, now we have the labor of brass in verse 17. The labor of brass is one of those things where every priest had to recognize, when I approach the Lord, I need to wash. I'm not holy because I'm a priest. I need to wash first. Um, he's, he, he's supposed to wash his hands and his feet. May I just put a practical note to that? If you're going to wash your feet, you're going to get your hands wet too, right? In other words, that's going to happen together. Jesus will do the same thing in, in John, won't he? Chapter 13, where he washes the disciples' feet and he tells Peter, you only need to have your feet washed, right? Okay, it's that same kind of thing. This is that ongoing maintenance of holiness that we all owe unto the Lord, especially those priests. And if the priests owed that before the Lord when they approached him, certainly all other worshipers did as well. And that labor is put in a very strategic location. It is put center between the tabernacle on one side and the altar on the other, if I might do it for you, the tabernacle on one side and the altar on the other. The altar was on the right side as you approached the door of the tabernacle. And then that labor was put right in between that. It was made of brass so that it would be durable. It wouldn't rust, right? And it would contain water. <clears throat> and that water stood there all of the, all of the time. Uh, it wasn't like the, um, the baptismal font of Rome today. It wasn't like that. But it did have water in it. And every time they approached either the altar to offer an offering 
or to go into the temple to light the lamps, they had to wash. And especially on the Day of Atonement, that as well. So that's the labor of brass. That reminds us, right, of those ceremonial washings, which, by the way, in the New Testament are called baptisms. Right? They're called baptisms. Um, And so for our Baptist friends, we say, no, it wasn't big enough for the high priest to crawl in. It was okay for him to wet his hands and to wash his feet. Okay, and and now we come to this final section, and we we remember that smells uh, were very important to the people of God of that day, that they were to put salt on all of their sacrifices, that there'd be that smell of, you know, backyard grilling meat that we like so much. Well, now here, with regard to to the tabernacle, every piece of furniture was anointed with this special oil and they could not make it for anything else and if it went on the flesh of a man that person was cut off and it was it was only to be used there and this speaks of course of the uniqueness of the worship of God and also it spoke to the Holy Spirit didn't it is that true anointing oil that gives that sweet savor to all of the artifacts there in that in that tabernacle in that testimony that by the spirit of God those sacrifices were acceptable right in that they were offered according to the spirit and received through Jesus Christ so all of that uh, teaches us that God condescended to that church under age and gave them a special smell that pertained only to the tabernacle. Now may I say also that that special smell would have had a mollifying effect on the copious amounts of blood that were shed all around that tabernacle also. And that God often gave that kind of of olfactory relief or maybe visual relief or auditory relief to his people. We'll remember that in the days of David, the instruments and the singers sang during the sacrifices. So rather than hearing, they heard instruments and they heard music. And when those three times in the year when Jerusalem was turned into a copious slaughterhouse, they came to something that gave them at least some physical relief from all of that in the instruments, and in the choir. Well, same here. The Lord gives them special smells to smell when they draw near, that they would be, that they would understand the sweet savor of Christ also, but also that their senses would be mollified from what was really going on there, the difficulty of it all, which even in an agrarian land, uh, the amount of it would have been off-putting, in my opinion. All right, so that brings us to the end of Exodus chapter 30. Let's stand and continue.